We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. I'm excited this morning because God has something to say to us. Um, I appreciate every time that we get to come together with each other. Uh, And today, our time together will be spent in the book of John, chapter 5. We'll start at verse 1 in the NIV version. Book of John, chapter 5, verse 1, NIV version. Technology is supposed to make us quicker, people. Somebody has it. NIV version, John, chapter 5, verse 1. And I'll read for you. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, shot a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool, and when the water is stirred while I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. You ever feel like that? Like when I'm trying to get this stuff together, it's like one of my friends get it done before I get it done. They get down ahead of me, and they, they know my goal. They know what I want to do and what I accomplish, but it just seems like they post it on Facebook before I can post it on Facebook. They get it, they get it done ahead of me. Verse 8, then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was Sabbath. Somebody shout amen. Amen. I believe that all of us carry a certain capacity or tolerance for what we call personal failure. I think all of us have like a a bucket that we can throw our failures in um, that we can um, tend to overcome for a period of time. We can, we can deal with some of our incompleteness. We can deal with some of our uh, unfulfillment uh, and keep it moving and still function at a very high level, um, d- depending on how severe the failure is. I think that we have this thing about us sometimes where we can fail and we can dust ourselves off. We can pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and we can keep it moving. Um, but, but then there are seasons of our life. There are situations that we come across. There are circumstances that we tend to deal with at times um, that can get so bad, that can get so heavy, that can be so disappointing, where we'll just say, you know what, no, nah, I'm good. I'm, 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 I'm straight. We'll pull ourselves out of the fray. We'll pull ourselves out of the fight. Um, we'll, start, we'll stop holding ourselves accountable um, because whatever we just encountered made us finally say to, to this task that is set before us, this goal set before us, this desire that we have before us, Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Is there anybody else that ever experienced that? 
Um, in, in the day that slavery was real in this country, <coughs> planta plantation master or plantation owners, slave masters, um, had a way of dealing with a slave that desired or had a thought of freedom. Uh, once, they, once they heard of or they found out that they desired freedom or even if they tried to escape, once they caught them and brought them back, um, they, would, they would beat them so bad or family members so bad that they would stop wanting freedom altogether. Now, here's the thing. They didn't stop necessarily wanting freedom, but because they had gotten beaten so bad and, and they had failed at the, the task at hand, they, they decided to say, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'll just stay where I'm at. Well, well, Jimmy and, 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 and Joseph are getting ready to, to, to leave. They're going to go reach for freedom, and, but, 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 but the wounds are still fresh on my back. No, nah, I'm, I'm good. It is funny to me that life has a way of doing that to us. Whatever we set out to do, whatever goals that we have, whatever parameters we set for ourselves, sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, depending on how big a deal this thing is for me, um, depending on how deep the failure goes, I'll say to myself, no, nah, I'm good. Well, a few months ago, we had gone to this restaurant, and I won't expose the name. They have since closed. Um, it was four of us. Me, Kennedy, Cody, and Tina, um, we had gone into the restaurant, and um, we typically went. To, we basically went to this restaurant because it was it was uh, convenient. It was on the way home from church, and um, Tina kept saying that day that she wanted chicken fried steak. I want chicken fried steak. So we get into the restaurant, we sit down, and sure enough, they've got chicken fried steak on the menu. My wife doesn't like white gravy in certain circumstances. So on her chicken fried steak, she wants brown gravy. And she says to the waiter, she says, hey, can I get um, this steak without the white gravy? I want brown gravy. He says, sure, man, we can do that for you. So they take the orders, they go, they go and, and fulfill the order, and they come back. And when they bring it to the table, sure enough, it doesn't have brown gravy, it has white gravy. So my wife looks around, and I'm saying, baby, you going to give it a shot? She says, I'll give it a shot. And she cuts the steak, she eats it. Mm, this isn't what I want. So she says to the waiter, hey, can, can, can you do me a solid and take this back? This is not what I ordered. I was pretty clear about what I wanted. And um, can you, um, you know, redo this? He says, sure, ma'am, no problem. Less than five minutes later, this is no joke. Less than five minutes later, he comes back with a chicken fried steak. He puts it on the table, and it has brown gravy, and everybody's excited. Mom has exactly what she wants. As she grabs her knife and fork, and she begins to get into the steak, she says, hold on a second. Isn't that the same cut that I had on my other steak? I, now, if you know my family, we are hilarious. We just laugh at everything. And we didn't know how to handle this. So we're, we're all kind of perplexed because we can't understand within a matter of five minutes, this guy just brought back the same steak with brown gravy. So I called the manager over and said, listen, sir, um, we got a small problem. I just, here's the thing, I, 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 I get it, but how did you do that? How did you get the gravy off and put brown gravy on it? He says, sir, we're going to figure this out. So he goes to the back and he comes back and he tells us how he does it. I'm not going to tell you how he did it, but, but here's the thing. This is the point that I'm getting to. My wife walks in with a desire for chicken fried steak, and because of the failed attempt, the manager says, listen, ma'am, we can do something else. And she says, no, nah, I'm good. We get up and we walk out the restaurant. We get inside the car, and my wife is still hungry for what she was before she walked into the restaurant. 
She never lost her want to. Listen to me now. She never lost her want for it. But because the situation and the failure was so deep and so bad, she says, no, I'm good. Listen to me. Life has a way of making us say to life situations, I, I, I want to fix this thing in my marriage. I want to fix this thing in this relationship. I wish I could say it to th- this to you. But the last time I said this thing to you and what you said back to me, I'm not going to do it again. So I'm just going to leave it the way it is. No, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I didn't know you could formulate those words and say those words to me. I didn't know you could say that to me. And guess what? I want this thing to fix, but no, I'm good. And here's the thing, and I want you to to ask yourself this question. You may be in your no, I'm good state. I'm taking myself back from it. I'm not even going to deal with this. I'm not going to put my hands on this. I'm kind of going to let this one ride. But the question I want to pose to you today do you still want it? <laughs> do you still want the marriage that you thought of when, when you said, I do? <laughs> do you still envision the family that, that you envisioned when you were a little girl and you were, you were playing house and you said you were going to have 2.5 children, a picket fence, and a dog? Do you still want it? Or are you just in a season of no, I'm good. Jesus encounters a man. At the pool of Bethesda. Let's read there. Verse 2 says this, Now there in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades, covered colonnades or essentially porches or stages, if you will. Um, he, he, here a great number of disabled people used to lie the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. My first point for you today uh, is the word stagnant. Everybody shout stagnant. Jesus descends upon uh, the the pool of Bethesda. And there's a man there that had been there for 38 years. Now, legend has it um, that um, this pool um, that these sick people would gather around um, had this thing about it. And um, every now and again, this is what the legend supposedly says that um, an angel would come down and he would stir the water. And when he stirred the water, the very first person who got inside of the water would be the one that would get their blessing, would would get their healing. So at this pool, at this opportunity, um, there are hundreds, if not thousands of sick people surrounding this pool waiting for that one opportunity. This man, specifically this man, had been there day after day. He had been there week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade, with no change, with no growth. Now, the legend says, everybody shout legend. The legend says that this stagnant body of water 
um, every now and again, sporadically. Um, there, was, there was no rhythm to it. But this stagnant body of water would get moved by a, an angel. He would stir the water up and he would give it movement. But because this man and other people like him were around this pool waiting for it to move, they became stagnant themselves. They experienced zero growth for 38 years. This man specifically, 38 years, because he was waiting for it to move so he can make his move. He, he, was, he was waiting for it to change first before that he can make a change. I, I wanted to ask you, and this is a very simple question, what has stopped your movement? What has stopped your growth in your marriage? What has stopped the growth in your family? What has stopped the growth on your job? Are you waiting for something to move so that you can move? Are you waiting for your husband to change so you can actually say what needs to be said? Are you waiting to get a new boss before you become the, the model employee? What are you waiting on? 38 years, this man, 38 years, he comes to the same place, does the same thing, and he has no growth but this day, shout this day, in walks living water. <laughs> in walks living water, and he gives him a, 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 a new air, he gives him new peace, he gives him new strength, because a living water changes things. You see, you don't have to waiting on, you don't have to wait on Jesus to move. He's looking for you. So Jesus walks into this stagnated situation and changes the man instantly. And I'm wondering this morning, what stopped your flow? Portia, what stopped your creativity? Cody, what stopped your desire? Chantel, what took away your hunger? What, took, what stopped it? What are you waiting on? But because here's the, here's the idea that we tend to have. We tend to think that we're waiting on God to put all of the pieces in place. Oh, gosh, I got to go deeper on this. If him waiting on this body of water to move was actually what God wanted for him, then for me, this is for me, when Jesus walked into his situation, he would have picked him up and walked him down to the water. He didn't even go to what the man was waiting on. God is tired of you waiting. He is tired of you waiting on for the perfect op opportunity, the perfect window for you to say this, the perfect window to do that. There is no time for waiting. When Jesus shows up, he gives things life. This man ain't moved in 38 years. And all he could do was wish that he can get down to that, down to that pool. And the pool shows up to him. <laughs> He's kind of like Uber. <laughs> He'll bring it to you. Listen to me, y'all. We come here Sunday after Sunday and do this thing. But, but do you understand that you don't have to wait anymore? Oh, I heard somebody say it. He's here. He's here. Oh, gosh. So here's the thing. There's this, this engagement that happens between the two of them. There's a conversation that takes place. And Jesus says 14 words. He says 14 words. That's it. 
in the entire conversation. And what I want you to see is this. All it takes, and I've been talking about this before we got started, it takes a conversation. It takes engagement. He just doesn't show up. He wants to engage you. Look at your neighbor and say, is he talking to you? Are you getting anything? Can I ask you this? There's, there's a few of us in here waiting on an apology. We're waiting for them to come back and say sorry before we can become the person that we need to become. I need them to say sorry, and if they don't say sorry, I'm cutting off all resources. I'm not going to be who I know I need to be to that person because I need for them to say sorry. Somebody's here waiting on an apology so that you can change. So I can release the benefits of me being a wife. I can release the benefits of being, me being a mother. Release the benefits of me being a father. Somebody's waiting on something. What are you waiting on? Look at your neighbor and ask him, what took your flow? Let's push to the next point. Go ahead and throw it up there. This is the, the next point is the word strength. John, the author of the book, doesn't give us this man's name. But we gain an understanding of him by how John introduces us to him. Verse 3 says this. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. Shout invalid. Now, John uses the, well, the translation of what John wrote uses the word invalid. The definition of invalid is a person who is too sick or too weak to care for him or herself. I'll read it again. The definition of invalid is a person who is too weak, too sick to care for him or herself. Now, we know because we're all Bible scholars, we know that when John wrote this, he wrote it in the Greek. And the word that he used for the word invalid is astheneo. Say that with me, astheneo. Here is the definition of astheneo, to be weak, feeble, to be without strength, or powerless. Shout strength. We don't know what happened to this man 38 years ago, but we do know whatever happened to him took his strength. We have no idea what took place, but we do know that he doesn't have the power to reach the goal that he set for himself for 38 years. Oh, gosh. He doesn't have the strength to pull it off by himself. Now, here's the thing. There is no issue with his want to. There is no issue with him setting the goal. There is no issue of, of him knowing what he needs to do. But he doesn't have the power nor the strength to pull it off. John says this man is an invalid. He's weak. He has no strength. He has no power. There are engagements that we've had with people. Whether it be a child, whether it be a, a family member, whether it be someone on your job, it doesn't matter who it is. You, we've had engagements with people, and because of that engagement, and because of how bad it went, it took our power to respond again. It took our strength to respond again. It took our power to engage again. 
the last time, last year, when I made this resolution that I was going to keep coming to church, something took place, something happened, and it took my power away from me to pull it off by myself. And here's the thing. I mean, we would never say this, and we would never even question ourselves, but we, we do really good at setting the goal. We're just terrible at keeping them. Oh, if I went into your resolution bank, it would be huge. You would be running over. But shall pull it off. Many of us don't have the strength to pull it off. For many years, I always thought that this man was a paralytic. The text doesn't tell us if he was a paralytic. But what it does tell us and define for us is that he was weak. He wasn't strong enough to reach the goal that he listened to me. He could see it and couldn't do it. I'm going to get my life together. This is what we say. I'm going to get my life together this year. I'm going to get my health together this year. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get my family together. I'm going to get my finances together this year. And we set all of these goals. And we don't realize that we don't have the kinetic energy, the power to pull it off. But here's the thing. My third point, and this is, this is what's so good. The man knew he didn't have the strength. John knew he didn't have the strength. And then in his response to Jesus, he tells us exactly what he needs. Watch this. Y'all working with me? Verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying there and, and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, shout long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Now watch his response. He says, sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me. I think y'all might have missed it. The invalid says, sir, I have no one to help me into the pool. My third point is support. Shout support. Now, here's what blew me away about what this man says. Because of his atmosphere, because of the situation that he was in, this man was surrounded by people. Thousands of people, potentially. He's surrounded by people, and when Jesus asks him, do you want to get well? He says, sir, I have nobody to help me. Wait a second. You're surrounded by all of these people, and you're telling me that you can't get one of them to help you? No, because they're trying to get to exactly where I'm trying to get to. They're not thinking about me. They're thinking about themselves. And there's a difference between having people in your life that are just there and having people who are support. Tell somebody that you got to help me pull this off. Oh, look at somebody else and say, you got to help me pull this off. Do you have the right mix of people in your life to help you pull off life? Oh, gosh, y'all, I wish y'all get this. He's surrounded by thousands of people, and he says, I don't have any help. What I found funny is that Jesus doesn't debate him. Jesus didn't try to prove to him that he had help. He understood. You don't have any help. Here's the thing. Oh, this is so good. Uh, Steria, come in for a second. Now, I, we're not going to get into numbers or specifics because I don't want y'all to judge me. But I outweigh her by at least 100 pounds. Yes. Max 100 pounds. But here's the thing. Although she is much smaller than me, she is of a different gender. If my arm gets tired... She can hold it up. It doesn't matter how big I am. I got to get people in my life 
that can support me. Come here, Cody. I think I outweigh him by 100 pounds, too. Put your hands on me. Two hands, sir. You ain't that strong. I know what I want to do, and I know who I want to be, but in my condition, I don't have the strength to pull it off. But I got to have people in my life that understands my weakness, that can be strong for me, so that I can get to the pool. So I can get to the pool. I've got to surround myself with people who can help me reach the goals that I have set for my life. Because here's the thing, even though he doesn't look like me, she don't look like me, they don't act like me, they can be help to me. You've got to have people that are willing to be a support for you. Somebody shout support. support. Have a seat. Thank you. When, when you have people in your life that are trying to beat you in, because let's think about this for a second. Let's logically think about this. There is no way that he could have had a conversation with anybody on that, on that, on that platform with him or, or, or on the ground with him about how desperately he needed to get there. Because all he would have been doing was preaching to the choir. They didn't want it for him. They wanted it for themselves. Here's the thing. We all have goals. We all have desires. We all have a future that we want. But I have to have people that understand me enough to, to know where I'm weak so they can help me when I need their strength. I've learned this the hard way. You can't pull off life by yourself. You can't reach your goals by yourself. I know you're super intelligent. I know you've got it all together and you're uber smart. I get all of that. But you can't pull it off by yourself. My thing is this, if you don't have people in your circle, if you don't have people in your sphere of influence that are supports for you, you'll never make it. You need this kind of friend, the kind of friend that will tell you you're dead wrong. It don't feel like support, it may hurt, but that's support. Child support. Let's get this last one and we're going to finish. Verse 6 says, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was the Sabbath. Our fourth and final point is the word spirit. Everybody shout spirit. spirit. Um, with, no, <laughs> with no formal introduction, with no party chatter, no small talk, um, it seems to me that Jesus gets right to the matter with this guy. It's almost hilarious. I mean, when, when you think about it, with, with all of these people lying around, Jesus just walks up to this guy and says nothing but, do you want to get well? I have to imagine it startled the guy. Like, who are you talking to, Jesus? 
like, isn't me being here enough proof that I want to be, to be well? And I, I felt like what Jesus was doing in that moment, and I've always heard this text priest like, do you even want, I mean, you've been here for 38 years, do you even want it? I don't think Jesus was doing that. I think this is what he was doing to the man. Come here. When he, when he walked up to this man body that had been stagnant for 38 years, and he's around a bunch of people who could not help him, and Jesus understanding the hurt that took place year after year, the fact that he never reached the goal, the fact that he had to watch somebody else live the life that he wished he could live. When Jesus sees this man, I believe that when he was asking him, do you want to get well, it wasn't as if like condemnation because he wouldn't condemn, condemn him. Think about that. He wouldn't condemn him. But when he walks up to the man, this is what I think Jesus was doing. Jesus saw the man and he says, well, do you want to get well? I believe that Jesus was trying to get a pulse. He was, he, he was trying to make sure that the man's spirit had not been taken. So he says, I understand that your body's not able, and I know that the situation hasn't lended itself for you to do this, but I just want to make sure that you still got a spirit for it. After 38 years of failure, after, after all of this time not reaching the goal, I just want to make sure that there is something still pumping there. I want to make sure that you haven't lost your spirit. And this year, what I want to say to you, that God doesn't want you to lose your spirit. He doesn't want you to lose your spirit. Because it's not going to happen. By might, it's not going to happen by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. So when Jesus introduces himself to the man, he says to the man, listen, this is essentially what he says to him. Do you still want it? He was, he was very quick to the point. He, he, he didn't waste any time because the man had wasted enough time. He had laid there long enough. And the only question he asked him was, do you still want it? Because if you still want it, get up. <laughs> he says, if you still want it. Listen to me. Some of us have allowed life to take the desire from us. Whatever they said, I know it hurt your feelings. I get it. I know it hurt your feelings, but it took your fight away from you. The failure made you quit. And I know that you're here, and I know that you're in the place. I know that you're still married. I know that you're still in the relationship. But I want to check today to see if you still got a pulse. you still have a spirit for it. <laughs> because this, this, Jesus is basically saying, I need to know what I'm getting myself into here. Because if you don't have a spirit for it, listen to me, I don't care how long you've been married or in the relationship or whatever the case may be. It, it don't matter to me how long you've been doing it, but if your spirit is gone, 
I can't benefit you when I'm stagnant. I can't be a blessing to you when I'm stagnant. Here's the thing. When you listen to the man's tone, it is almost as if he's bitter. I have no help. I'm in this relationship by myself. Don't you see? I've been coming here every year. Day after day, I've been coming to the same place, doing the same thing. Doesn't that show you I want this? Jesus says, what about your spirit? It's obvious anybody can come to this place. But what about your spirit? The only question I wanted to ask you today, after the hurt, after the pain, after you've cried, after the first try went horribly wrong, do you still want it? Do you still want it? I want us to stop giving ourselves credit for just being in the atmosphere, showing up to work. Showing up to the relationship, laying in the bed, do you still want it? Because if you want it, get up. Tell your neighbor to get up. Tell your other neighbor to get up. Listen to me. I read this text over and over again, and I thought in my mind that Jesus has said one full sentence. He's, I always heard a preach, get up, take your mat, and walk. The first step is to get up. If you look, there's a period. He says, get up. Then you take your mat and walk. Oh, gosh, y'all. I need resurrection to take place in you before you can start addressing it. So get up. <laughs> Shout, get up. So I know that the, the kazoos are gone and the streamers have been cleaned up and the newness of 2020 has started to, to wean away and you've started to settle yourself into another year and the, and the scenery is starting to be the same. Everything is mundane and everything is what it was. I wonder what's going to be different about this year than last year. I wonder this year, can you finally decide that I'm going to get up? It is through a conversation with, with, with Jesus that this man knows that it's even possible. Can I push? Today, we are finding out that it is possible to get up. The evidence of you believing God's word is action. Typically, Jesus would only work by a display of faith. But something took place in this man's heart. Something took place in this man's spirit that made him take action upon the words that he heard. And when he took action upon addressing the issues inside of him, the thing that he had laid in, the thing that he made a mess in, he was able to pick it up and walk away with it. Stand to your feet. 
Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.